This temporary world is just the beginning. It's barely a glimpse of things to come in eternity, a place in time that only the Lord knows about, but that we expectantly and patiently wait for. Those of us that have come to understand who the Lord is, such that giving up our physical lives is really nothing in comparison to what He offers through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be looking at who the Lord is and why He is important. Worshiping the Lord is a good thing, but it can only mean something when we truly understand what we're expressing. And worshiping God is much more than just singing songs. It has to do with truly understanding the reality of the Lord and living a life that agrees with that faith. It is imperative to understand who the Lord really is so that we can give Him the importance He deserves, which in turn gives us the entrance into His kingdom. Today's message is inspired in the book of Psalms, chapter 96. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Heavenly Father, Holy God, Blessing and honor be to you, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord God, above all things, for you are worthy to be praised, worthy to be exalted, worthy to be lifted up above anything and everything that exists. Heavenly Father, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Thank you, O Lord, for your, for your love, for your mercy, for your grace, for your goodness. Because, Lord God, we see it each and every day. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your salvation through Jesus Christ. I give you thanks for the forgiveness of sins. Heavenly Father, I pray, O Lord, that you please forgive our sins. That you please always have mercy and grace on us. Heavenly Father, guide us through your Holy Spirit. Guide us through your word. Help us, O Lord, to be able to understand clearly, Lord God, what your will is, what your desire is what you want us to do. And to you be all the honor and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in the book of Psalms, chapter 96. This is the word of the Lord. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. 
Do you understand who the Lord is? Who or what is he to you? That is a question that you should be able to answer for yourself. There are many people that say that they believe in God, in Jesus Christ. But what do they really believe? What do you really believe? Like most things in life, we really shouldn't just do things just because. That would be a waste. There should be a reason, a why for what we do. And where we place our faith should be the most important, especially if we claim to believe in the Lord. In this passage, everyone is called to praise Him. We're called to praise Him, but we cannot legitimately praise and worship Him if we do not understand personally what He is to us. And this praise and worship involves more than just singing. Here is where a lot of folks get it wrong also. They sing and praise God, but do they really understand what they're singing to Him and why they are singing and praising His name? Is there meaning and or significance to what they're doing? Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13 says this, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. We need to always keep in mind that the Lord sees and knows everything. That is one of his attributes and characteristics that he is an all-knowing God. And so we cannot fool him. He can literally see right through us. He knows our thoughts, everything that is deep within our hearts, our intentions. So if we believe that, we should make sure that there is a genuineness to everything that we do for him. So again, what is he to you personally? We read that the Lord should be above everything, that he should be second to nothing or to no one. And so let's inject a little logic or reasoning into this because again, nothing in the Lord should be just because. One of the things we see clearly in this passage is that he created all things. That's the first reason we should have to follow him, to honor him above all other things. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. If we go back to Genesis, we can see what happened and how things went. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1, 6 says, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Genesis 1.9 said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so. Genesis 1.11 says, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the earth that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth and it was so. Genesis 1, 14 and 15 says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Genesis 1, 20 says, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. And let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. And Genesis 1.24 says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And finally, the last part of his creation we can see in Genesis 
1, verse 26 to 28, where that says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The Lord made everything that we do see and experience today, our reality. The second reason that we can see in our key passage is that he reigns. And so not only did he create all things, he also reigns above all things. He is God. He is Lord. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Revelation chapter 11 says, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. Revelation 19 says, then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. And so it should be very clear to us that the Lord God Almighty reigns above all things, that he should be an integral part of our faith. There is no higher power than the Lord. He is the supreme authority of the universe. And finally, he is coming to judge and this should make sense to us because he is the supreme authority of the universe. And the Bible tells us that he is holy. And then at some point, he must deal with evil. Luke chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 says, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Make no mistake with the Lord. He is love and great in mercy, but he is also consuming fire. At some point, the Lord will consume his enemies, and in order to do that, he will judge to determine who are his enemies and who are his friends. The Bible is very clear in that he will judge the world. Revelation chapter 20 tells us this, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And the Bible tells us also that he will judge his so-called people, those of us that say that we believe in him. And here is where we really need to be careful because here is where we see that salvation 
is not just a matter of simple faith. In order to make it through this judgment, the Lord will judge us according to our actions, according to what we have done. That's why the Bible is very clear in that good works do matter, which intrinsically involve doing the Father's will. When our faith is truly in Jesus Christ, that faith should generate doing good works, doing the Father's will. Matthew chapter 7 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Hebrews chapter 10 says, For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And James chapter 2 also says, But what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us this, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, speaking of God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so it should be very clear to us that each person, especially those of us that say that have come to faith in Christ, will give an account before the Lord God Almighty. Quite simple, it does matter how you live your life and what you do with the salvation you were given through Jesus Christ. That's why we need to be very careful with all of the lies and misconceptions that are out there, where many people teach false doctrines, things that draw the masses that are looking for the easy road, for the things that seem like the truth, but are not the truth. It is imperative to have a living and true faith in Christ, one that evidently shows both God and man that we truly love the Lord with all of our hearts and that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Love is the determining factor that God looks for in each of us. And love not only consists of nice words and kind gestures, True love in Christ means that you give the Lord the priority he deserves in everything in your life and that it is done with the right intentions. There is no fooling the Lord. This is the main warning that the Lord gives all men. 
and what ultimately defines for us who the Lord is and why he should be the most important thing in our lives. For it is written, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. If we truly understand the word of God and we look at it as a whole, it should become very clear to us that the Lord made all things and that he reigns over all things and that he will judge all things. And this faith is what defines our purpose for existence. We were made with the purpose in mind and this physical world we live in serves as a place for decision and for training. Here is where we are given the opportunity to either decide to believe and learn to love the Lord with all of our heart or not to do so. And when we do come to that place of living for the Lord, when we truly understand who He is and why He is important, He will then mold us and shape us into the likeness of Jesus Christ, our prime example of what God wants us to be like. And why do we need to come to that likeness? because this is truly the way that we are saved and the way that we will be able to make it to God's true plan for us in eternity with Him that involves us experiencing and doing things that we cannot even imagine. The Bible says it in this manner, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. And, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. This temporary world is just a beginning. It's barely a glimpse of things to come in eternity, a place in time that only the Lord knows about, but that we expectantly and patiently wait for those of us that have come to understand who the Lord is, such that giving up our physical lives is really nothing in comparison to what He offers through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. When a person has truly come to understand the reality of Jesus Christ, they can't help it but to give up everything and learn to follow and love Him with everything they are. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, mighty God, good and loving Lord. Blessed are you, Lord. I praise you. I worship you. I exalt you, Lord God. I lift you up on high. Lord God, for you are worthy to be praised above all things. Lord, we owe you all things. We owe you our existence. We owe you, Lord God, our daily life, our every breath. But Heavenly Father, the greatest thing that we owe you is the opportunity for salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, because you looked upon our fallen state, our sin. And Lord God, you made the sacrifice because you loved us. And you gave us a way to salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to understand that through and through. And help us, O oh Lord God, to be able to live our lives based on that faith, based on what you have done 
Heavenly Father, help us to understand truly who you are and why you should be the most important being to us above anything and everything that exists, especially above our own lives. But there is nothing as important as you are. Lord God, we owe you everything. And Lord God, an eternity is not enough to thank you for it because it was in eternity that we were going to be apart from you. In a place, Lord God, where there's only fear and anguish and pain and suffering. Thank you, O Lord, because we have an eternal life with eternal things to look forward to. Things, Lord God, that we cannot even imagine. Help us, O Lord, to place our eyes on you. Help us, O Lord, to fix our eyes on your purpose, on your will, on doing those things that please you. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the majesty and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.